0: hello and welcome to another episode of father and joe i'm joe rocky here with father Boniface six and father you brought up something in our last episode that personally gets to me and we were talking about how to make things more positive in the world around us and part of that is recognizing that we have control over our actions and to also genuinely listen to what is coming at us, to truly evaluate, is this a positive thing coming at us? Is this negative? Is it, is it what is it? Like, like, is it neutral? Like, what's going on here? So your example that you brought out of passive aggressiveness is something that has always just flat out annoyed me. And given who I am, I guess my personality type, I tend to do either one of two things. I either blatantly lay out the passive aggressiveness and just go right into what the issue is, or I flat out just avoid that person and don't deal with the situation. And I'm not sure either option is good um, or if one is better than the other, but given the fact that I'm sure I'm not the only person on this planet who has these negative reactions to passive aggressiveness, I figured it would be a good time to discuss it in a little bit greater detail that we can do here in a 20-minute conversation.
1: Yeah, passive aggression, it's, uh, well, obviously aggression is the uh, the heart of it. And uh, I I always like to un, Unpack the emotions a little bit. Sometimes we we give them, uh, you know, a bad name, and uh, aggression, anger, frustration. You know, there's an energy there, and uh, I like that description of a set of emotions are the energy emotions, and then underneath that, there's uh, something hurt there, and that's part of the humane emotions to be hurt, sad, also to be joyful or Loving. Um, But the, uh, you know, that aggression, so there's energy there. Why is there energy there? Well, there's energy there because there's something that I perceive to be wrong that I have the energy to overcome. And uh, so something that's wrong hurts me. And then I get angry if I at least have the sense that I can overcome it. And so why is passive aggression coming out? Well, you know, it can be a variety of things. Now, maybe I did something wrong. Or, or at least that the other person perceived as wrong. And both of those things happen quite a bit that uh, I do something wrong because I was whatever, negligent, ignorant, uh, I was uh, not paying attention or, or maybe I was acting out of my own hurt to begin with. And so somebody else's hurt. Um, maybe I did something that was perceived as wrong. I made one action, but it was interpreted in another way. Um, and, uh, It's amazing how many stories you can fit together with a few data points. Uh, And so we can really create a story that fits the data that we have, but is not the real story of Mm -hmm. what the motives were and what actions took place and things like that. And so I can get aggressive, I can get angry about these kinds of things, and then I have the energy to overcome it. Um, It's, uh, you know, so how do I overcome? something that I perceive to be wrong? How do I use that a- energy? And then I, I suppose if, if people are feeling like um, maybe they can't overcome it, uh, you know, maybe it's somebody who's so distant, we, we uh, get angry about presidents and popes and bishops and, and uh, CEOs and uh, all kinds of things. And so uh, we don't always have access to that person to write what we perceive is wrong. And so then it kind of comes out sideways and that's part of the negativity we talked about in the last episode and that starts to become gossiping and and murmuring and grumbling and and we're saying all kinds of things about the person and that's a kind of uh passive aggression that i'm just uh, murmuring it's kind of coming out sideways i suppose um but then uh you know if there's access to the person and instead of actually clarifying the situation and figuring out what, uh, what hurt me and why, what happened and to try and address the thing, have a conflict, a healthy conflict, you know, then instead of that, I, I give the silent treatment. I give the cold shoulder. Um, I say something behind someone's back. I shut them down. I close my heart. I, I act in ways that are not explicitly saying what my issue is. And they're just shutting the person out of my life. And, you know, sometimes we do that if we uh, don't feel capable of, of actually confronting the situation, or if we feel hopeless about it, like no matter what I say, the person won't listen. And so then this kind of cynical, sarcastic, uh, off put attitude comes out of me and I, I shove the person away in more passive aggressive modes. Um, and so obviously that's unhelpful for two reasons. One is it doesn't actually solve the problem. Uh, mm-hmm. so I just can sit, continue in that place and that resentment will will continue to broil as long as I allow it to. And the second is it it's uh, you know the other person never gets a sense of what they did wrong. They just like suddenly I'm getting the silent treatment. Maybe they don't even notice that they're getting the silent treatment uh, or they're being treated with a, a cold shoulder or some negative approach and Maybe they don't even realize that that's uh, what's happening, or they just feel the the negativity from it, and then they think, "Well, that guy's a jerk." You know, I, why would I want to have anything to do with him? And then it gets returned in some way and, and magnified. So, um, anyway, I think that's some of the stuff that underlies that passive aggression. Um, what do we do about it? You know, I think the important thing is to get in touch with why we're so angry. What's what's the problem? Where's the hurt? And then maybe we need to talk that out with somebody, even to understand what's going on there in order to be understood and to share the pain and all of that. When we bring suffering into uh, to someone who's compassionate, then it forms communion and it reduces the suffering. And then the intensity of the aggression tends to lessen. And so then we're in a better position to actually um, maybe have a conversation with the person and and we can do that in a variety of ways. I mean, you know, you can send someone an email if you're afraid to confront them face to face, or you can find a mediator, a, a mediary who will, um, you know, uh, facilitate the conversation, or ask the person, or you can get somebody else's opinion who might know the situation and can give you some clarity on it. So a lot, a lot of different ways that we can approach it. But it first, it first takes recognizing it and then uh, being able to take some positive steps.
0: Beautiful, and I, I don't wanna mischaracterize what you said there, but at, at the heart of that seemed to be a misconnection that we aren't able to communicate and I'm stewing in this negativity because there was a, a disconnect. And one of the things that you know I've noticed with people in general, is that some of us have the ability of really kind of using those data points you said before, but drawing the correct conclusion. And some of us have the ability of drawing horribly bad conclusions that lead us through the spot of no one understands me, how could they be like that, blah, blah, blah. And it's painted by a lot of individual judgment, what I think the motive is, thinking everyone has to be like me, stuff like that not necessarily good ways to going through life. So what I wanted to kind of highlight here and maybe drill in a little bit was how can we get better at figuring out what the person across from us is going through, knowing that we'll never be able to get a hundred percent inside their head. we will never be able to do that, but to be able to get to a spot where we can relate better to them before we go down this road of negativity, things broiling over, and all of this passive aggressive bubbling out to the surface.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, some some of it, some of that range that you mentioned goes back to some of the previous discussions we've had of uh, when people have grown up in a lot of trauma. I mean, the people that are in inner city LA that uh, Father Greg Boyle is ministering to and Tattoos on the Heart, there's a lot of defensiveness. Some people are really living in fight or flight mode in an extended way, and uh, and that does a lot of damage internally. So we can be grateful. I mean, you and I certainly, Joe, that uh, we have a, a relatively peaceful disposition. That we're most of the time in a place that we can see clearly and understand some things that are going on. You know, we're still prone to misjudgments and seeing uh, bears where in fact there are shadows and. Um, we're, we're prone to all of that too, but we're, we're in a better place to be able to uh, take a step back and say, what's going on here? I think this is, I never quite got into emotional intelligence, but I think that's the idea behind emotional IQ or emotional intelligence is, is being able to see uh, some of our feelings at a little bit more of a distance uh, before they overtake us. And we're just seeing red, as sometimes we say, that that the anger is really the only lens through which we view reality, and then it has a way of twisting reality according to our own, uh, our own feelings, and so we, you know we want to be careful about getting into that, and uh, and likewise some people burn long in terms of passions. You know this is one way to understand the four temperaments: is the choleric and melancholic temperaments tend to burn long, and so whatever passion gets excited it carries on for a long time. And, you know, that's not a moral problem with the person that in fact can be a great benefit because uh, sometimes they stick up as advocates for people long after everybody else has given up um, that, that temperament can end up, you know, really standing up for people. Uh, Other temperaments, sanguine phlegmatic tend to, uh, to burn short, you might say, and it, uh, it passes relatively quickly that we, uh, you know, uh, don't, uh, anyway, we get a little worked up maybe, but then we have a way of it fades away. And, and once, uh, those, those feelings fade away a bit, we're in a better position to kind of see what's going on. Um, I was just, uh, I was thinking, I almost said it earlier, but, um, when I said multiple stories fit the same data points, I was actually thinking of somebody who is a very level-headed person, very, very good person. And, uh, he had several data points and he had a pretty compelling narrative uh, that you know the, the boss had made some decisions that were based on the influence of certain individuals and were really bad hiring decisions that he had serious problems with because those individuals are a bad influence because the hiring decision, uh, that guy has some real limitations. And so he had constructed a very compelling narrative around these uh a significant number of data points and talking to other members in the in the group they also saw the same thing so he took it to the boss to his great credit you know he worked through it he wrote a letter uh didn't send it but it it helped him to put his thoughts in order he gave it to some trusted advisors i was one of them this is part of how i know the situation i gave him some feedback on like well i don't know this this particular part is a little personal you might be a little rough here but you know, I think other things you're saying are really charitable. You're trying to express the concern and you want to work through the situation. Um, eventually brought it to the boss and, and turns out that his narrative was significantly wrong, that the boss had actually consulted some different people, not the people he thought. The boss knew very well the limitations of the person he had appointed. And also uh, knowing those limitations felt like it was the right person at the right time, gave the reasons, explained the things, and uh, mitigated uh, quite a bit, but you can see how, like, so even a very balanced person can end up forming the wrong narrative. Uh, now, as you said, people—I would say people who are probably a little more likely uh, to be emotionally driven, you know, from from trauma, are seeing enemies more around them, are are even more likely to end up forming some of those negative narratives, and uh, and and end up in the wrong direction from all of that. But uh, yeah, it's uh, we, we we certainly need to know where we fall on that spectrum. And again, the best thing is, uh, and and this uh, individual that I was just mentioning, uh, to his great credit, you know, he he talked to trusted advisors. He talked to other people in the situation. He didn't do that in a gossipy way that was detracting and trying to destroy someone's reputation. He didn't just spread rumors in a passive-aggressive way. He wasn't just hemorrhaging all of his negativity on everybody. He was very constructive about it. And his strong, you know, there was some real anger there. He was upset about the decision. He was also hurt about it because he should have been, and some others should have been consulted in ways they felt they had not been. And so, uh, and he's a more melancholic personality so that those uh, those feelings lasted uh, a bit longer. And he was able to work through things and talk to the boss eventually. And it's a great model for how we can uh, you know in the best circumstances thank god the boss is someone who wouldn't get defensive he also knew how to present himself the individual knew how to present himself in a way that wouldn't make the boss defensive and so they could have a constructive conversation and they could work through the thing and uh, and then he went back to everybody he had talked to and clarified what the situation was so it's really really ideal but you could see there's a lot of work in that you know to actually bring about resolution to fix problems to develop understanding to build community that's a lot of work and so so thank god we need the energy around that and that's where the energy of some frustration aggression anger you know we use those different words but there's an energy that's supposed to be used for problem solving overcoming the evil which is maybe a misunderstanding maybe the boss had you know if the boss had acted exactly as the way that they thought it's still good to confront it and to, you know, work through it. And maybe the boss apologizes. Uh, Maybe the boss is further informed by that, but at least they've, they've moved through. They haven't just sort of separated, hated each other, and then lived on in resentment. So.
0: Yeah. And one of the things I want to highlight there that you said in the story that I don't want to gloss over was after he got the answer, he knew he was presenting it in a way to the boss that wasn't going to create more incite emotions. It wasn't going to create hostility, and while in this situation all the data points did it add up to his narrative, at some point he had learned the boss how to communicate and how to be with them. And I think that that's a great example because none of us are ever going to be 100% at this game. Um, it's seeing limited data and trying to figure out where we're at. but. I think he just highlighted the importance of addressing the actual issue. You know, why ultimately the question came down to why was this person hired who's so limited? Unless I missed the core gist of what you were saying there. And the boss clearly had a reason that made sense. And the the person felt slated for the process in which it happened, and the end result wasn't what they wanted, which again. Is a natural consequence. You know, you watch anyone who watched the Super Bowl for Philadelphia thinks that the refs were out to get them because they only called that one type of penalty once. But based upon the, the data that that ref saw, he thought it was the right decision. And going out and articulating it may not turn away the emotion of thinking you got jobbed out of winning a Super Bowl or something like that. And you see how superficial that is. I mean, that's like 17 tiers away from me as a resident of Philadelphia until I actually know a player, let alone Bradbury, the person who got the the call against him. But how we can go through this process of talking to other people around us and, you know, basically mellowing it out. You don't need to go light a car on fire because what we want didn't happen. You know, figure out how to communicate with each other. Now, yeah, obviously I took it to a, a, a different example there, but that's life sometimes you know people will want to go to these extreme points but knowing how to relate to them is important and i do think at some level there there's a disconnect within ourselves so i started at the beginning with saying that there's a disconnect between the two people involved and that leads to passive aggressiveness but there's also a disconnect within ourselves and a confidence level that we can relate to someone else, that that we could figure out a common ground, something that where they are coming from. And I think that that's important to reflect upon within ourselves. How can I be more ultimately virtue of courage coming out to say the feeling that I'm having? Because what I have found is people who are more prone to share what they are feeling and why, get feedback about that process. You know, I was correct in my assumption here. So therefore, next time the situation comes up, I might lean on it a little harder. Or I was wrong in my assumption here. So I'm going to not factor that in as much in the future. And to me, that's part of courage. I sometimes get the virtues wrong as you have pointed out in the past. But to me, that's that. And I wanted to to point out that in your story there that that person had the courage of saying this is how I can relate to him based upon the experiences of trying it before and to bring it out is is very important building up this community and society that we all live in
1: yeah I think uh courage is the energy to pursue the good that's hard to achieve and so it's uh very closely related to anger which is to overcome the evil that is hard to overcome, and so there were both things happening there: achieving the good of understanding, reconciliation, harmony, as well as overcoming the evil of uh, misinformation or you know whatever the you know, the narrative would actually bear out. But um, no, you're absolutely right. It does take courage, uh, it takes takes some energy, and and uh, we're pursuing a real good there, and that's a. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a good way to expend ourselves. So, and there's also the the virtue of hope involved in that, that it's possible. And uh, when you were talking, we were talking before about negativity and positivity and uh, some of these kinds of things, um, you know, hopefulness, negativity uh, drives uh, from cynicism and, and hopelessness, where we say we're really giving up in a way and saying, Nothing else is better. At least I'm going to get the energy of being angry and, uh, you know, whatever, expending that energy. And it feels good in a certain way uh, to be angry. And so, you know, maybe we're just flopping over into uh, taking that as a kind of consolation, letting some of that energy run through us and makes us feel alive. And um, anyway, we can kind of grind at that, grind our teeth at that. Um, But rather to, be hopeful that there can be something better that comes out of this and that my efforts matter and that i'm uh going to put in the effort and have the courage to take the risk that uh something can actually change that the evil can be overcome that the the good can be uh achieved and so that's a that's a great thing
0: beautiful and we thank you for uh concluding today's episode here father as we mentioned in the previous episode please follow us on twitter At Father and Joe, help us continue to share the podcast by clicking the retweet button. We will be with you all again next week.